0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stacy Shiflet Podcast. I come to you today with a uh, truth and a concept from the Word of God that this morning, as I was meditating on these verses and a few others, I thought to myself, I need to share this with God's people through the podcast platform. In the book of Proverbs, chapter number four, in verse number 25, the Bible says, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Verse 26 says, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. I thought about today, one of the biggest problems that I'm seeing, not only in the lives of Christians, many Christians and church members sitting on the pews, but Unfortunately, also many times in the life of the pastors, the leaders, those that are in positions of leadership, is that there seems to be this terrible trait of trying not to pick sides for failure of offending or hurting somebody else's feelings. Or maybe at the end of the day, uh, being wrong and having an egg on your face, as we would say. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is it seems to me like a lot of people today, both in our churches as well as even in our political realms, as I'm watching uh, people around the country right now so divided, picking sides about their thoughts, their opinions about the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. As I'm recording this uh, podcast today, it is the 17th of December. And there are still so many avenues and possibilities that we are waiting to see if they play out. Uh, those people that know me, many of you do know that I am a, a conservative. I'm an ultra-conservative in many areas of my life, both personally as well as politically. And so I uh, voted uh, both times for uh, President Trump. And uh, There's things about him that I don't agree with, but I have been completely um, blown away by his commitment to his campaign promises, as well as the efforts that he has made to try and preserve our religious freedoms and, and restore America to greatness. Uh, but In any case, right now, uh, Joe Biden has been declared by the media and uh, many others as the president-elect, but there are still some Uh, ongoing debate, but uh, not to get into all that as much as just to kind of set the table for what I was trying to get to is this. I've been amazed at how many uh, pastors, how many Christians have been hesitant uh, to be outspoken about their thoughts about the election, about the fraud, about the deceit, about the lying, about the stealing of the election. Uh, I've not been hesitant. I've been very vocal about it, but I've watched people sit back and be quiet politicians many politicians and uh, many pastors even that are you know leaders in their church in their community uh, they have been strangely quiet as, as if they're waiting to see how this plays out and the thought came to me this morning in our staff meeting as i was sharing these verses and a few others with our with my staff was this i get the impression many times that Christians, church members sitting in the pews, pastors in the pulpit, and even sometimes our politicians—they're hesitant to make a decision because they're hedging their bets. That that phrase is a phrase I had to look up. I've used it often in my life, but I looked it up again this morning just to confirm the meaning of that that idiom, that phrase, hedging your bets. Obviously, it is a term that they use in. Uh, in in the gambling realm, which I know absolutely nothing about. Uh, I've never even bought a lottery ticket. I've never uh, gambled. I've never uh, participated in a raffle. Uh, and obviously, I've never been to the horse tracks or whatever. Uh, but that phrase, hedging your bets, I looked it up. Here's what it means. If you hedge your bets, you are careful not to commit yourself to one thing so that you do not make a mistake whichever way the situation develops. That is exactly what people are doing today. And as I was uh, just doing a little bit of research, reading my computer here, hedging your bets means trying to minimize the risk of being wrong by pursuing two courses of action at the same time. And I thought, my goodness, that is exactly what so many uh, leaders are doing today. Uh, Instead of getting a direction and getting peace from God, and getting leadership from the Holy Spirit, and instead of being, being committed to their decision, being committed uh, to their beliefs, they kind of just kind of hang back and uh, try to play both sides just in case this thing doesn't pan out the way they want it to. And that is a problem. Uh, it's a problem in our country. We've got political uh, elected officials right now, that are afraid to be outspoken about what I sincerely believe was an enormous amount of fraud and deceit and, and illegal activity that took place in the 2020 presidential election. I mean, so many irregularities and so many affidavits have been filled out and so many witnesses and, and um, whistleblowers have come forward. And yet they keep saying, well, there's no evidence. And they're just hedging their bets. It's almost as if they're covering themselves in case nothing happens and Joe Biden ends up being inaugurated as the president in January, then they won't be standing there with egg on their face and they won't be looking like a conspiracy theorist, which makes me sick to my stomach because it only took one anonymous whistleblower to get President Trump impeached on a bunch of bogus, phony Ukrainian charges. And yet here we have hundreds and hundreds of whistleblowers that are saying what they saw, filling out affidavits with threat of jail if they're wrong, if they're lying, and yet no one seems to be interested. And it's as if everybody's making their decisions right now based on what might happen a couple of months from now. And that is the verses that I thought about is in Proverbs chapter number four. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. In other words, quit looking around at what everybody else is doing to help you make up your mind what you need to do. We preach to our young people. We preach to our teenagers that they need to walk with God and that they need to be able to stand up against peer pressure. And yet we've got people today that will not say anything or do anything depending on how they think the people around them are going to receive it. Or as we would say, uh, we don't think that that's going to age very well. Uh, that's a, that's a phrase that's come out here recently where people, uh, have put something out on their social media, on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And then a year or two later, somebody digs it up and sure enough, it didn't age well. They said something or they, they was bold or dogmatic about something. It ended up later being completely wrong. And, uh, we would say that didn't age well. I think today we've got a lot of pastors. We've got a lot of leaders in our churches. We've got a lot of Christians that are hesitant to be dogmatic and bold and confident in their decisions and in their proclamations because they are afraid that at some point it's not going to go right or go their way and they're going to look bad. And I thought to myself this morning, how many times in the word of God do we find our heroes of the faith, Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, how many times do we find them Making a commitment. You won't talk about the opposite of hedging your bets. You can't get any more opposite of hedging your bets than the story of, uh, for example, Joseph, where he stood there in front of Pharaoh and he said, according to my interpretation of your dream, there's going to be seven years of prosperity, and then there's going to be seven years of famine. You need to build uh, silos. You need to start stockpiling grain. There was absolutely no reservation In his interpretation of that dream, he didn't say, "Well, now I could be wrong," and I just want to go ahead and throw this out there that you know we may not have seven years of of prosperity. We may have a couple of rough spells, and uh, but but from what I understand and, and 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 what I can interpret from your dream, this is this is my take on this. No, there was none of that, and and you could just go story after story after story through the Word of God, where men of God made bold and confident, and unpopular decisions, unorthodox decisions, prayed prayers. For example, Joshua prayed. The Bible says he prayed before all the people that the sun would stand still. and God answered that prayer. Imagine the boldness, the courage that it took to pray a prayer like that in front of everybody out loud, not in private, not in not in his prayer closet, not with the Lord, if it be thy will, please, we would like for you to let the sun stand still for a few more hours so we could fight the enemy. No, he commanded the sun to stand still and did it in front of everybody. What about Elijah on top of Mount Carmel when they had this contest with the prophets of Baal And he said, why don't you go first? And they went first. And for hours, they jumped up and down and cut themselves and cried out the bell. And he stood over there and laughed and made fun of them and mocked them. And when they got finished, the Bible says he went over there and rebuilt the altar. Poured 12 barrels of water on top of that sacrifice. Dug a trench around that altar. And the trench was filled with water and the wood and the sacrifice, everything was completely drenched with water. And then he began to pray. The Bible gives us a 63-word prayer that Elijah prayed, and never once did he even pray for the fire to fall. You want to talk about the opposite of hedging your bets? I mean, this man was as all in as you can possibly get. He was a hundred percent committed. He had never even seen anybody pray down fire from heaven. He had never done it. He had never seen anybody do it. And he had never heard of anybody doing it. And yet he had 100% confidence that God was going to do it that day. And God did. And we could just go through the Bible story after story. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, the story of David and Goliath, where David says, I'm going to go down there and kill that giant. He didn't say, I'm going to try. He didn't say, I'm going to go down there and do my best. I'm going to go down there and take a stand. And if I perish, I perish. No, he said, I'm fixing to go down there and I'm going to kill him. And I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to kill him. And Saul tried to talk him out of it. And David said, no, I'm going. And he ran toward Goliath. The Bible says he ran toward him. He ran toward him saying, I'm going to cut your head off. He didn't even have a sword. There was no reservation. There was no looking around. There was no thinking about, I wonder if this is going to age well. What am I going to do if I get defeated? What am I going to do if I stumble and fall flat on my face? What am I going to do? There was no reservation. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Verse 27 says of Proverbs 4, turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Make your mind up, pick a side, and take a stand. I think back to the month of May when our church, after having shut down, looking back now, I think that we did what we should have done. I think we did the right thing. I followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Some of us have maybe been critical saying we shouldn't have shut down, but I didn't want to, and our church didn't want to, but we did what we did out of an abundance of caution. But at some point, we realized this cannot continue, and we're going to reopen our church, even though the the governor had not given us permission, the the county executive had not given us quote unquote permission. We decided. I wrote a letter, sent it to the church. We're going to reopen. And when we reopened, we got a we got a fine for it. And I know there was a lot of people saying, "Man, you should have just waited for a few more weeks." But we did what we felt like God wanted us to do. We were bold. We were bold. I was bold. I was I was. I was confident that we were doing what God wanted us to do. There have been some people that criticized, you should have never tore up that cease and desist letter. I beg to differ. I'm glad I tore it up. There was no backing down. There was no hedging my bets. There was no wiggle room there. Well, we're going to just, you know, kind of wait out here a little bit in the water and see what happens. And, you know, if we feel like we're doing the wrong thing, then we can just crawfish out of this. No, it was all in. 100% 100% commitment. And we got that fine and we went to court and the judge upheld the fine and we took it to the Board of Appeals and God overruled and they reversed the ruling on that thing and threw it out, said we should have never been fine to start with. And I'm amazed at how many people never get to experience the victories because they're never willing to fight the battles. David would have never Cut that giant's head off. He'd have never been victorious that day if he hadn't said, I'm going to go and fight this giant. Fire would have never fell on that mountain that day if Elijah had not stepped out on a limb. I'm talking about going way out on a limb and said, This is what I'm praying for God to do. I'm not just praying for God to bring down fire from heaven, but I'm going to pour 12 barrels of water on it and I'm going to make it hard. You know, I get tickled sometimes at people acting like there are degrees of miracles. It's just as easy for God uh, to feed 5,000 people on the side of the mountain with five loaves and two fishes as it would have been to fed 50 people. I mean, there's no limit to what God can do. it had been one thing if God had turned one cup of water into wine, but he turned six stone firkins filled up to the brim, and he turned it into wine. There's no limit to what God can do. There's no, there's no ceiling that you hit when it comes to God's power. The problem is we just don't have the faith. There are people right now that do not believe that there's anything that God could do to keep President Trump in office for four more years. I just shake my head. I don't know what God's going to do. I know what God can do. I know what I'm praying for God to do. I know what I'm hoping and believing that God will do. I've got no control over what happens. But I'm amazed at the people that are afraid to be vocal They're afraid to step out on a limb. They're afraid to put themselves in a vulnerable place and they hedge their bets. And what they're doing is they're choosing two separate courses of action so that they won't be wrong when it's all said and done. We've got pastors right now that will not reopen their churches because they're worried of what it's gonna look like to the people in their community that are scared out of their mind of COVID. Or we're concerned about our testimony in our church. We're worried about what the people in our community are going to think. And we think if we play it safe, that maybe one day we can maybe reach these people. Yep, there's one way to look at it. You could also look at it. There's a bunch of people out there that might be reached. If you'll take a stand and quit being a coward, quit hedging your bets. You say, I don't don't like that. Well, I'm being honest with you. Show me one place in the Bible where a God-filled, spirit-filled leader ever hedged their bets. They didn't hedge their bets. Imagine how dumb Noah must have felt building an ark for 120 years for rain when it had never rained one single time. Imagine the people laughing and mocking and scoffing. And no, he didn't reach his community. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he didn't reach a single person in his community, but he and his family were saved. He saved his house. I'm sure there was a lot of people questioning, Is this guy lost his mind? Building a boat out here in the middle of nowhere? You know what he did? He did what God told him to do and didn't worry about what anybody else thought about it, what anybody else said about it. And guess what? He was right. And we could go story after story after story after story. Imagine what Joshua and the armies of Israel must have felt like walking around Jericho. Walking around it. Walk around it one time and go back home. Walk around it the next day, one time, go back home. Walk around it seven times. They had no idea what God was going to do. You want to talk about hedging your bets? You walk around a city seven times and tell everybody to shout, and the walls fail. I guess what I'm trying to say today is many Christians hesitate to make a commitment they hesitate to be vocal they hate hesitate to be con- courageous because in the back of their mind there's this little nagging thought what if i'm wrong i'm going to tell you what that's sin the bible's clear whatsoever is not of faith is sin hebrews 11 is filled with people named in that story because they had faith abraham left and went to a city didn't even know where he was going You're going to talk about hedging your bets. No backup plan. How many places in the scripture do we find God's people making commitments? Making commitments. Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No backup plan. No, No wiggle room. This is what I believe God wants us to do, and this is what we're going to do, and they did it. And left the results up to God. I'm amazed. Here we are in December. Churches, many of them have been shut down since March. Preachers are still having Facebook services from their dining room tables. And they start their their live stream out. Welcome to so-and-so Baptist church. You're not at church. You're sitting at your dining room table in a t-shirt with your ball cap on. Hedging your bets playing it safe. You you're preaching to God's people to have faith and trust God and, and and walk by faith and not by sight. And every decision you make is by sight. There's no faith whatsoever. None. You can't you can't you can't tell your people to live by faith if you're not going to live by faith, preacher. You can't tell your people to trust God when you're not trusting God. You're allowing the, 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 the local officials and the health department and the COVID statistics to dictate what you how you pastor your church. And I shut our church down for two months back in March. And I said, never again. We're going to reopen and we're, we've been open. And we're having services, three services a week. We're having Sunday school, children's ministries, we're having choir, we're running buses. You say, but there's a COVID pandemic. If you say so, we're still having church. We're still opening the doors of our church. And we're watching God save souls. We're watching families be added to the church. And God's blessing. Don't hedge your bets. Go on, go, on, go on to climb out of the boat. When Peter climbed out of that boat, started to cross that water, hey, there was no backup plan. He didn't have on a life jacket. He wouldn't he didn't he didn't have a couple of floaties on his arms like our kids do when we put them in the pool. He started to cross that water. No backup plan. And I want to challenge you today. Why don't you be vocal? Why don't you, why don't you do like like Proverbs chapter number four? Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Verse 27 says, turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Quit looking around. Quit, quit wetting your finger and testing the wind and seeing uh, what, the, what the general consensus is and, and taking surveys and, and uh, following the crowd. Why don't you step out by faith? Be bold. Be courageous. Say, "This is what we're going to do. This is what I'm going to do." I don't. I, 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 Joshua said, "I don't know. Uh, choose you this day whom you'll serve." I don't. I don't know what you're going to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And quit worrying about what everybody else is going to think and what everybody else is going to say and what everybody else is going to do. Well, Pastor Shiflet, we just really feel like that if we will conform to all these these health departments and all these county executives we really believe that God's going to let us win these people to Christ. Will you let me know how that works out for you? I want you to take the time to send me an email or a phone call or a text message a month from now and 6 months from now and tell me that because you shut church down that these liberal progressive socialist god-hating politicians they got saved because what i see in the bible is i see people getting saved when somebody took a stand not when they capitulated not when they cowered not when they bowed down because daniel went to the lions den he reversed the king reversed that ruling and and made a decree because shadrach meshach and abednego went into the fiery furnace the king changed his decree you make an impact you bring about change. You influence people by taking a stand and trust in God, not by capitulating to the world. Nowhere in the Bible do you find them capitulating, bowing down to the world and the devil in order to see somebody get saved. You want to make a difference? Take a stand. You want to make a difference? Do right. Because it's right even if nobody else is doing it. You say, all my friends are going to think I'm crazy. Who cares? Half the people in this country think I'm crazy. Ask me if I care. I don't care. I get emails and phone calls. People think I'm out of my mind. I don't care what they think. I don't make decisions based on what people think. I don't pastor this church based on what the people in this community think I ought to do. I lead my family the way of God. I think God wants me to. I don't even ask my kids for their opinion or my wife. I lead my family based on the direction that I believe God wants us to go in. Well, what if, what if, what if? I don't live in the what if world. I don't think about all the possible scenarios and all the different possibilities of outcomes. I just ponder the path of my feet, and I let my ways be established. I let God tell me what to do, and I jump in there with both feet and go go with God, and God has honored that, and God has blessed that. He did it in his word. He's done it in my life. He's done it in many people's life, and he'll do it in yours if you'll let him. Take a stand. Take a stand. Quit hedging your bets. Quit trying to minimize the risk of being wrong by taking two courses of action at the same time. I just felt impressed today to share that with you. I hope it stirred you. Hope it challenged you. You say, preacher, that that got under my skin. Good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let God stir you and challenge you to step out by faith. Say, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to worry about what anybody else says. We've got people that haven't been to church in 10 months because their boss don't want them getting out. Are you serious? Yeah, my boss don't want me to get out. He's afraid I'm going to bring bring COVID to work. Since when does your boss have the right to tell you where to go to church and when to go to church? Well, I just don't want to get fired. You might not get fired. You might lead him to God taking a stand. You say, brother, I can't get fired. Nobody said you was going to. But if you do, God will give you a better job. Quit hedging your bets. Do what's right because it's right. Honor God. Follow God. Step out by faith. And let God use you to make a difference. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Appreciate it so very much. Go check us out on Twitter and Facebook. And share this episode with people if it was a blessing and encouragement to you. As always, we welcome your feedback, text messages, emails, phone calls. We're easy to get a hold of. Look us up. Let us know if the episode was a blessing to you today. May God richly bless you. Until next time.